Tumor Talks, a podcast about clinical cases in oncology, and we are your hosts. I'm Dr. Kathy Marshall, a medical oncologist. I'm Dr. Beatrice Wills, a medical oncologist and hematologist. And I'm Dr. Jonah Amata, an internal medicine resident physician. everyone. Welcome to Tumor Talks. Today we have Dr. Hong Truong, who's the urologic oncologist and assistant professor at Penn State. Um, welcome to the podcast today, Dr. Truong. Dr. Marshall, thank you so much for having me today. It's, the, it's my pleasure to join you and it's uh, exciting to talk about a uh, topic that's close and dear to my practice. Yeah, so um, we're going to start out, you're obviously an expert in, in non-muscle invasive bladder cancer. So can you start out by just telling me the epidemiology of the disease? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I understand this uh, podcast is for, um, you know, all oncologists. So just a little bit briefly about bladder cancer. Uh, bladder cancer is a type of cancer that develops in the uh, tissue of the bladder, which is a hollow organ responsible for storing and emptying urine. Bladder cancer is the fifth most commonly diagnosed bladder cancer in the United States. Bladder cancer affects both men and women, although it is much more common in men. In 2022, there are over 81,000 new cases of bladder cancer in the United States. Additionally, bladder cancer caused over 17,000 deaths. In the United States alone, there are over 600,000 people living with diagnosis of bladder cancer. And the reason is that the majority of newly diagnosed bladder cancer, 75 to 80% are non-muscle invasive bladder cancer. So how is it most often diagnosed? Yes, so there is currently no standard screening guideline for bladder cancer, unlike colorectal and breast cancer. Recognizing the symptoms of bladder cancer is the first step toward diagnosis. The most common presenting symptoms of bladder cancer is visible blood in the urine or gross hematuria. Blood in the urine is always abnormal and needs to be further evaluated. Now, one of the problems is that the blood may come and go or it may resolve on its own and is not associated with pain, which sometimes gives people the false sense of reassurance and delays in seeking medical care. Other symptoms of bladder cancer may include irritated voiding symptoms, such as urinary frequency, urgency, and pain with urination. Irritated voiding symptoms are often associated with specific form of bladder cancer called carcinoma in situ. And because irritated voiding symptoms are also common sign of urinary tract infection, which as you know, are much more common than bladder cancer, patients with these symptoms may also experience delay in diagnosis. Therefore, it is important to check a urine analysis and or a urine culture. And if the culture is negative for bacteria, these patients should be referred to urologists for prompt evaluation. And lastly, when bladder cancer grown too large or have spread to other parts of the body, it can sometimes cause other symptoms, such as being unable to urinate, low back pain, uh, loss of appetite and weight loss, feeling tired, fatigues, and bone pain. And what's the initial uh, workup that would be used for diagnosis? It sounds like most of these patients would probably re- present to urologists to begin with. Is that right? Yeah. So usually initial workup for bladder cancer involves a cystoscopy, 
which, uh, which means putting a flexible stethoscope uh, with a camera on its tip into the bladder to directly inspect the urethra and the bladder for any suspicious lesions. If a suspicious area is found, we will need to biopsy the area for histologic diagnosis, a procedure often called uh, bladder biopsy or transurethral resection of bladder tumor. In addition, we will often get a CT urogram in patients with good kidney function. This allows us to evaluate for other causes of hematuria, such as kidney stone, kidney tumor, or concomitant upper tract tumor, which happen in about um, 5 to 10% of patients who present with bladder cancer. It also allows us to evaluate for potential cancer spread beyond the bladder. If a patient cannot get a CT urogram either due to poor renal function or if they have severe contrast allergy, then we would get an MR urogram or a renal bladder ultrasound. Yes, and then how do you stage the disease, especially making the distinction between non-muscle invasive and muscle invasive bladder cancer? Yes, so um, gray and stage play an important role in the management of bladder cancer. Uh, the TNM system is used to stage bladder cancer. As we know, oh no, T stands for tumor and describe the extent of tumor within the bladder. And this is where the key distinction between muscle-invasive versus non-muscle-invasive bladder cancer come into play. N stands for node and M stands for metastasis and refer to presence of cancer in distant organ. So non-muscle-invasive bladder cancer, um, the key tool in uh, evaluating for this is based on the transurethral resection of bladder tumor. Um, by definition, non-muscle invasive bladder cancer refers to stage zero or stage one cancer, where the um, cancer, the tumor is confined to either the uh, lining of the bladder, which is um, uh, TA or uh, carcinoma in situ. Uh, stage one cancer referred to when the cancer has grown into the connective tissue layer beneath the bladder lining, known as the lamina propria but it has not spread to the muscle layer of the bladder or the other organ. Now, uh, when the uh, cancer penetrated the muscle layer of the bladder, uh, but it has not spread to the fat outside of the bladder, it's called stage two, and then stage three refers to cancer that has spread to the fat around the bladder or the regional lymph node in the pelvis. And stage four is uh, the most advanced stage and indicate the cancer has spread beyond the bladder into lymph node outside of the pelvis or into the, uh, the distant organ. Now, one of the important features of uh, distinguishing between non-muscle invasive and muscle invasive bladder cancer is also the presence of having uh, of, uh, muscle on the transurethral resection of bladder tumor specimen or TURBT. The reason is that, you know, um, there is a thin layer between the uh, lamina propria and the muscularis propria. And so when muscle is not present, you know, it's very difficult to say whether or not the tumor hasn't invaded into the muscle um, or the, the um, we just missed it. Uh -huh. And then what about um, pathology findings? You said one of the key things to look for is whether or not you see muscle on the um, pathology specimen. Um, any other key points to look for in pathology? Yeah, the, um, you know, the other, some of the things that we look for in pathology that would play a role in non-muscle invasive bladder cancer management is uh, uh, the presence of carcinoma in situ. 
So, you know, uh, even though carcinoma in site two is stage uh, zero cancer, it's actually pertain worse prognosis and higher risk of recurrence. Um, so, you know, you um, uh, want to make sure a key pathologic report from TRBT specimen is whether or not there's presence of uh, um, CIS, uh, whether or not there's lymphovascular invasions, which also pertains a higher risk, uh, albeit non-muscle invasive bladder cancer. So non-muscle invasive bladder cancer uh, can be further classified into low, intermediate, and high risk based on the extent of the tumor uh, the uh, the depth of invasions and the multifocality of the tumor, and that would uh, some patients with higher risk features, you know, they may be uh, fast tracked toward radical surgery rather than managing as a uh, you know low risk number invasive bladder cancer. Then what about molecular testing or any relevant biomarkers? Yeah, so um, you know, urine cytology, which uh, detects abnormal or cancer cell in the urine, is commonly used for detection and surveillance of bladder cancer in conjunction with cystoscopy. It is most effective at detecting high-grade bladder cancer and not as sensitive in detecting low-grade or early-stage bladder cancer. Therefore, there are some additional urine biomarkers that have been investigated to complement urine cytology. And uh, there are currently... Uh, two roles for urine biomarker. The first one is to assess response to intravesical BCG. And the second role of urine biomarker is to adjudicate equivo equivocal cytology. Um, some of the FDA-approved urine biomarker are protein-based assays such as the bladder tumor antigen or BTA test and the NMP22 assay with detect nuclear matrix protein. The other assays are cell-based assays, such as uh, immunocyte would detect uh, antigens in the urothelial cell, Eurovision uh, would use fish uh, to detect chromosomal uh, copy number alteration in urothelial cell, and CX bladder, which identify the gene expression level of uh, RNA-based biomarker. While the problem with urine cytology is it, ha it has high specificity, but low sensitivity, uh, urine biomarker tend to have high sensitivity, but low specificity, which leads to higher false positive results. And none of these assays can really replace uh, cystoscopy at this point. Nice. So then uh, who, who and when uh, should patients be referred to um, for suspected or even a diagnosis of non-muscle invasive bladder cancer? Yeah, so you know, as we touched on uh, earlier, you know, blood in the urine is never normal. Um, so patients with gross hematuria uh, should be referred to urologists for initial evaluation. Um, you know, patients with irritated voiding symptoms, that doesn't resolve with uh, one course of antibiotics. Um, and even, you know, in the, uh, usually the evaluations, initial management of bladder cancer start with the urologist to establish the the pathology, the variant subtypes, um, and then, you know, inpatient with more advanced cancer is become a multidisciplinary approach with medical oncologists and radiation oncologists working hand in hand. Well, thank you so much. This was certainly a great episode um, on bladder cancer, and we look forward to having you back on the future. Thank you very much.
Non-muscle invasive bladder cancer is the fourth most common cancer in men and occurs more in men than in women. The most common presenting symptom includes gross hematuria, which is usually painless and sometimes intermittent. Other symptoms on presentation include irritative voiding symptoms, including urinary frequency, urgency, and dysuria, and can also include low back pain, fatigue, and weight loss. Of note, some of these symptoms are UTI-like symptoms and can lead to delay in diagnosis. If you have a patient who has persistent UTI-like symptoms, but their UA doesn't really show any signs of an infection if their culture negative, it'd be wise to refer them to urology. Some initial workup can include a cystoscopy, a biopsy, or TURBT, and those with good kidney function usually get a CT urogram, and for those with kidney disease, we usually get an MR urogram or renal and bladder ultrasound. Grading and staging is usually through the TNM system. On pathology, key things to look for is, of course, invasion into the muscular layer of the bladder or presence of CIS or carcinoma in situ, which is stage zero disease. This leads to worse prognosis and higher risk of recurrence. We usually undertake molecular testing in the form of urine cytology and urine biomarkers. Urine biomarkers are important to assess response to intravesical BCG and can also adjudicate equivocal cytology. Of note, urine cytology has a high specificity and low sensitivity, whereas urine biomarkers have a low specificity and high sensitivity. And hence, cystoscopy is still superior and therefore required. Important referrals include one to urology. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tumor Talks. See you next time. A special thanks to Primo for recording and composing our background music. Tumor Talks is an independent podcast that does not represent the institutional views or opinions of our employers, Johns Hopkins Hospital, Memorial Sloan Kettering, or that of our guests. This podcast is created for medical education and should not be counted as medical advice.